0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and this is a special edition of the Square Circle Podcast. What do I mean by that? Well, this is going up on my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash rookie scp for free. It will not be behind a paywall. You would also hear it on anchor.fm forward slash Square Circle Podcast and also on the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Forward slash Square Circle Podcast once I reach the 100 subscribers. So make sure to go over to my YouTube channel and subscribe there as well. I will try my best to upload almost every audio that I've ever done for the Square Circle Podcast up on there so you guys can watch it as well. So on this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, I will be giving you guys my predictions for All Out. All Out is AEW's next pay per view coming up September 5th, and we will all be there to celebrate. And the card is very, very stacked. These are going to be my predictions, my thoughts, who's going to win, why they're going to win, and what stories we could see develop after these matches either conclude and or continue onto the next pay-per-view. So i written down the matches with the winners of who I think will win the match. They are not in the order of how they're going to go on the pay-per-view. They're in no particular order. Let's start it off with John Moxley versus MJF. John Moxley has been the champion for a good while. Now, he took the belt off of Jericho during the last pay-per-view, and he has been champ ever since. He has been a fighting champion since then. He may have slowed down a little bit. He was at home taking care of his wife, who had COVID, but manages to come back. And start a feud with MJF, or I should probably say MJF started a feud with him. MJF is running this campaign, so hashtag MJF2020. He is going to be our champion. That is what he promises. He promises that he's going to lead AEW. It's 25 years of prosperity under his leadership as champion. It is a huge mountain for him to climb and for him to dethrone John Moxley, everyone in the past has tried to dethrone John Moxley. However, this is why John Moxley is so champion. The only way that this match can still happen at All Out is if tonight on AEW Dynamite the lawyer to MJF shows up and the lawyer versus John Moxley happens. And after that, MJF gets his title shot at All Out. If the lawyer does not show up, this match does not happen. But we all know that the lawyer is going to show up, and we all know that John Moxie is going to win that match via the paradigm shift. When he faces MJF at All Out, he is not going to be able to use the paradigm shift, which for him, it's a very good thing because now he has to think outside the box and create a new finisher to either retain the title, or it may backfire on him for MJF to get the title, and now we have a new champion. Who do I think is going to win this match? MJF will take the belt off of Jon Moxley. That is right. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here on the Square Circle Podcast. In the beginning of the Square Circle Podcast, when it first started, I did not like MJF at all. I did not like how pompous he was. There's just something about him that just wasn't clicking. But over the past year, after his long feud with Cody Rhodes... He started to come into his own. He could definitely cut one hell of a promo. It may be a little bit long for my taste, depending on who he's doing the promo on and what he's saying and the antics that he's doing. To me personally, sometimes it could be a little bit long. I like short and sweet where you get to the point and you make your point evident and it's just very smooth all around. Regardless, MJF knows what he's doing at such a young age that he's going to be a damn star in this business. So I predict for all out for the main event, this probably should be the main event. MJF will take the belt off of John Moxley. John Moxley will go home and have a little bit of downtime for the time being, because you don't want to rush someone like Moxley into another story. So i rather MJF have the title for a little bit. Let's see how he will bring 25 more prosperous years to AEW. And let's see what Moxie can come up with after the fact. The next match I have written down is Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. This feud is a little awkward, if I'm going to be honest. Only because it had a lot of momentum in the beginning. And then we had the situation with Sammy which wrestling twitter likes to attack everything and anything that don't agree with their morals and when sammy came back it just didn't felt right to have these two feud and it's been sort of rushed sammy decided to throw the wrong chair into matt hardy's head busting him open and basically once again breaking the broken universe that matt hardy has built And now the multiple personalities of Matt Hardy is everywhere. And I don't know if that could be fixed. Then Sammy and Matt Hardy have their tables match. And I reviewed that on AEW Dynamite on my last podcast episode, which you guys should check that out. That was quick. That was cut down a lot too in time. I wanted it to stretch out a little bit more, not just be super fast that one has Sammy getting injured and getting his own scar. So right now, I think they're one and one apiece, and I think this match might be their rubber match. And the person that I pick is going to be Sammy Guevara. Not because I'm a fan of Sammy and all of his hard work and the vlogs and everything that he does. It's because either Matt Hardy is such a great wrestler and entertainer at this point, But he looks like he needs time off, and he looks like there's a bit of sadness to him now. It doesn't seem like the same Matt Hardy and I totally understand that after getting hit with that kind of chair to split you wide open and then recovering from a huge migraine and a cranial swelling afterwards, you know, it could take a toll on you. It could be like, damn, you know. No one saw that coming, and I don't think that that was meant to happen, but accidents happened in this business, and I'm all for Sammy winning to put this view behind both of them, and Matt Hardy taking some time to adjust, because Matt Hardy is one of the greatest gifts to professional wrestling, and I would think that it will be best for him to take all the time that he needs to get himself healthy, Make sure that when he is wrestling, there's no after effects of maybe still getting dizzy, maybe vertigo happening, maybe something is still off. Like you never know. If you keep on wrestling, even when your body tells you you're fine, you may also find another symptom that may occur after the fact that you don't really know, that doctors didn't catch. You know, I'm all for Matt Hardy's well-being and safety over him getting the pin in the story and have this continue to go on and on and on. Now, what I would think would happen is that if Sammy gets the win, this is a win for Sammy. This is not a win for the inner circle. And I think that slowly Sammy Guevara should at least break away from the inner circle, just because the inner circle is starting to get stale. Jericho has done a great job with the inner circle. I just don't know where they're going to be leading everybody so that way they could be the heel stable like they once was when they were introduced. Now the landscape of AEW has changed and the Dark Order has almost taken over AEW. But back to Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara, my final decision in my prediction for All Out this Saturday will be Sammy Guevara picking up the victory over Matt Hardy. The next match is the tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, which is Hangman, Adam Page, and Kenny Omega will be putting on the line their tag team boats against FTR. This whole entire story needs a whole podcast in itself. I will give you guys the cliff notes. 2019 is when Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page won the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Since then, they have beaten almost every tag team. They have even beaten their best friends, the Yum Bucks. Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega, if you were to write them down on paper to be like, yeah, I want them to be the next tag team champions in the thought room you would think that it wouldn't work. However, they prove everybody wrong with their unorthodox style and their unorthodox wrestling ability. Hangman Adam Page is very hard-hitting with his chops, his punches, his lariats, while you have Kenny Omega being the all round entertainer that we know he could be. This is why he's the best bout machine and he built his whole career on that by his athleticism, by his sheer power by his in-ring storytelling. Like Kenny Omega has the full package. And, you know, I might be biased for Kenny Omega because he's one of my favorite wrestlers aside from Ric Flair, but he has shown a tremendous amount of evolving with the times and knowing when to pull out certain moves, when to not pull out certain moves. So I think the dynamic between Kenny Omega and Hangman and the Page works well in the ring. They're two guys who can read off each other, and they're two guys who can read their opponents, and they're two guys that can create tag team moves on the fly as well. However, ever since becoming tag team champions, Kenny has been very happy about it. The Young Bucks are happy for Kenny, and the Young Bucks are happy for Hangman too, but Hangman didn't feel the same celebration that, Kenny Omega got from the Young Bucks and now Hangman has finally sat at the table with all of them but he knows that he does not really belong he wanted to be celebrated as equal as Kenny Omega however the difference is that Kenny and the Young Bucks are friends for so many years they have wrestled nonstop in New Japan and even when Hangman was starting to come along and wrestle with them in Ring of Honor and on the Indies and even in New Japan. You know, they were there. It was courtesy. Bring him in, talk to him, be a friend. But then it just felt like now that he gained a championship that's not a single championship, but a tag team championship, the Young Bucks are sort of jealous of the fact that that happened. And hangman doesn't really like the treatment that he gets and this is why hangman sort of resents every time the young bucks are either out by ringside or celebrating only with kenny and uh there's no celebration with him included so that's why hangman sometimes does what he does and then hangman turned to drinking which i don't really agree with and then hangman turned to drinking because he just didn't want to talk about his problems with the Young Bucks until a couple episodes into being the elite where he basically told them that he doesn't like them and that they're not friends. So fast forward after all that. Even Kenny Omega tries to glue everything together because he does not want any more drama within the group. It should just be that the Young Bucks are happy for Hangman and Kenny Omega, and that they are the tag team champions, and that everyone should be cool with each other. Kenny never wanted to pick sides at all, but it looks like he might end up picking sides. And it looks like we might have a new version of the Cleaner coming our way, hopefully on September 5th. So after all that, we finally get to the debut of FTR. And for years, the Young Bucks Have been poking fun against FTR and creating the slogan of fuck the revival. Now that FTR is in AEW, they decided to become friends with Hangman. Hangman was the only person to say, hey, how's it going? Welcome. You know, if you offer anyone whiskey or beer, you know, they become friends for life. That's just how sometimes it happens. And FTR has always been in the business for themselves. And it was evident across AEW Dynamite during the tag team appreciation night. And what they told Hangman when Hangman confronted them about why they attacked the Rock and Roll Express, FTR knows what they're doing. They're planting the seeds of doubt. And they told Hangman straight up that if the Yum Bucks won the tag team Gotland match, It will be round two. It will be Hangman and Kenny Omega versus the Young Bucks at All Out for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. And if the Young Bucks pick up the victory to become the new tag team champions, Hangman is back where he started in the shadow of the Young Bucks and also in the shadow of Kenny Omega. And that was so true that even when I think about it, as I'm explaining this to you guys, we don't want that for Hangman. What we want for Hangman is to continue to probably still be champion, but this tag team has run its course. I don't know what else they could do in this whole entire story. Somebody has to turn heel. Somebody has to create a new chapter to continue to go on. But ultimately, Hangman has come into almost the breakout star that he should be. They did it a little too early when they had Hangman... Versus Jericho for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And Hangman was unsuccessful to get that championship. And I think that bothers him in the back of his mind. And I think that plays a factor into this whole entire story as well, like an underlining factor. And I think that goes into why he also did what he did when he interfered into the Gotland match to hold Nick's foot and not allow him to do the Melzer driver with Matt and for Matt to get pinned by Trent to not move on to the next round. Hangman has always been in the shadow of at least one person from the Elite or one person from the Nightmare family. I don't consider cody to be part of the elite cody is his own thing with the nightmare family and i think that after ftr planting the seeds after hangman doing what he did to the young bucks and then the young bucks kicking him out of the elite this match between hangman adam page and kenny omega versus ftr is going to be a tearjerker of a match And it's probably going to be match of the year. I am going to say it again. This is going to be match of the year for 2020 as a tag team match. And I'm looking forward to it. And I really want to see what happens. I do want to quickly mention that at the end of the latest BTE episode, we get to see the cleaner. It is a tease of a tease of a tease of a tease, man. Kenny Omega gets into his car. Then the next shot is him with the sunglasses at his dark hair and looks into the mirror and you know some shit is gonna pop off when this match happens. I don't know if on AEW Dynamite if he's gonna appear or what he's gonna do but at this point if you really look at it Matt and Nick fucked up and this is how they fucked up by saying that because of Hangman's betrayal to them because they felt highly betrayed and they kicked hangman out and they know that hangman and kenny omega are tag team champions how do you kick out one half of the tag team champions of the elite and not think about kenny omega and by the way where was kenny omega last week he was having fun in the thunderdome that's what he said he was having fun in the thunderdome he thought nobody would notice but we all did uh but i hope he had a good time in the thunderdome Anyway, regardless. You just crossed battle lines and you just basically chose for Kenny Omega what side he should be on without realizing it and doing it indirectly because of Matt and Nick's anger got the best of them. And I'm not sure if anyone else in the rest of the community thought like that or saw that, but that's exactly what happened. Matt and Nick drew the line for Kenny Omega and forced him to choose a side without him being there during that AEW Dynamite. Now, like I said, tonight is AEW Dynamite as well, and I'm not sure if we will have Kenny Omega respond to all of this. If he doesn't, that's great. We'll see what happens on All Out, and we'll see who will be victorious in this match. Now, I've explained so much. My prediction is that, unfortunately, as much as I love Kenny Omega, as much as I adore Hangman Adam Page, Because he has become one of my favorites as of late they are going to drop the belts and a new era in the aew tag team division is going to be led by ftr and that is what i'm going to say ftr will become the new aew world tag team champions i do not see any type of salvage from what happened in this whole entire friendship story that is gonna save hangman and kenny omega to retain the titles Hangman and Kenny are going to have a thousand percent hard fought fight and it's going to be tag team match of the year 2020. And we're all going to be there on the edge of our seats. And this match in particular makes me super happy to just watch because it comes down to what the fuck is going to happen. And it comes down to the story, the beautifulness of how it weaves and how it turns. And you thought that Hangman was going to turn on everybody or Kenny's going to turn on everybody. We don't know who's going to turn on who now. We don't even know if new alliances are going to be formed because of what's been happening in this whole entire storyline. And this storyline has been slowly building over a year and then just added another layer to it. And this is what you call good storytelling that sometimes professional wrestling does not have anymore. You can't always have a match, a match, a match, a match without some type of story behind it to get people interested. See, I'm very passionate about this match in particular because it's so story driven. It's so character driven. And the wrestling, the acrobatics, the gymnastics, the spots, the technical wrestling just adds to it. To make me want to be like, let's talk about this match in whole. in To talk about this match forever. But yeah, Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega will unfortunately, in my prediction for All Out, will drop the belts to FTR. Our next match is The Dark Order versus Matt Cardona, Scorpio Sky, QT Marshall, and Dustin Rhodes. The members of The Dark Order that's fighting these guys is Brodie Lee, Cocabana. Stu Grayson, and Eva Uno, which by the way, Ma- Matt Cardona is Zack Ryder. So just ask Vince if he could have kept it because he's been Zack Ryder for so long that it's so weird to say Matt Cardona. There's way too many mats in AEW, way too many mats. all puns intended. Anyway, the Dark Order reigns supreme over the land of AEW. The Dark Order, specifically the exalted one, Brody Lee, definitely took out the Nightmare Family, destroyed Cody Rhodes, and picked up the TNT Championship. Now, the reason why this match is happening is because the Dark Order attacked Dustin, which is understandable. Dustin is part of the Nightmare family. He tried to protect Cody. Everyone tries to protect the Nightmare family. Bam, they all got laid out. Scorpio Sky took on Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship. He was unsuccessful. So Scorpio Sky felt it was right to help out his friend. That's why he's in it. QT Marshall is part of the Nightmare family. He went from pushing papers to now wrestling to having Cody's back and training people at the Nightmare Factory. And Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder, is just a friend of Cody Rhodes, and he's just here. That's all. He's just, he's just here. So as for my pick for this match, I just want to see who wins. I do not have a specific team winning this match because if the Dark Order wins... That's just a win in their belt. And what does that really mean for Matt Cardona, Scorpio Sky, QT Marshall, and Dustin? Now, if that team picks up the victory with Dustin getting the win over Brody Lee, Dustin should be built up to get a shot at the TNT Championship because in honor of his brother or something like that. But as far as who's going to win? I am not entirely sure. I'm going to be watching along with everyone else. Our next match is a women's match. This is going to be super exciting. It is going to be Hikaru Shida, who is the AEW women's champion, taking on Thunder Rosa, who is the NWA women's champion. The challenge was thrown out, it was accepted. Thunder Rosa accepted the challenge to face Hikaru Shida. As far as we know, the AEW Women's Championship title is on the line, so if Thunder Rosa picks up the victory against Hikaru Shida, she also becomes the dual champion of AEW Women's Champion and also NWA Women's Champion. This will be a historical match, a very historical victory. As far as I have for my prediction, I have no one. This one, again, I did not pick a winner because Hikaru Shida can go in the ring. I just need her to change up her style of not doing kick after kick after kick after kick. I get it. She is a Joshi wrestler. She is a striker. Everyone in Japan does kicks. But when you're here in America, the more arsenal you have in your belt, the better you become. Because what happens if you do all these kicks... And I know Thunder Rosa is going to be studying her opponent. And if somehow in the match, Hikaru Shida gets hurt really, really bad, where she needs surgery on her knee and she needs her leg to kick, what happens if she gets hurt, have surgery, recover, come back? And if she continues to do kicking in her repertoire, everyone is going to be able to knock her off her throne and knock her off her pedestal. Hikaru Ishida will not evolve if that ever happens to her. If she kept using kick after kick after kick after recovering from a knee injury and then come back and do the same thing. As a professional wrestler, regardless if you have a character or not, The moves that you do should eventually evolve with you, evolve with the times, and always keep your opponent guessing. If you do one thing as a constant motion, like kick after kick after kick after kick, someone is going to be smart, take out your leg, possibly injure you. And then when you get injured you might need to get surgery and if you get surgery you might have to recover and when you recover and go to physical therapy and you're ready to be back in the ring if you don't change up your style during that time of physical therapy to think about it then you as a wrestler have not grown and you shouldn't rely on the same tactics to try to get you over professional wrestling is constantly changing you as a wrestler should also change that you'd never want your opponent to always get one step ahead of you when you're supposed to be better than them. And an added bonus is if you're supposed to be the number one person carrying the company, no one else should try to get ahead of you. Like that's the mindset that you should have. And I know that it might be unrealistic. However, that's the mindset of a champion. When you're a champion, you are representing the business, you are representing the company. Therefore, the company believes in you to push the company forward. That's why you're the champion. And if someone gets the better of you, then it's time for you to change up your arsenal to make sure that you can once again be the top person in that position. Because I know that when you get there and the feeling that you feel It's probably the best feeling you ever felt and you don't want to let that go again. So this is why this match is a little bit tough. And I want to see the best out of these both ladies because these ladies know how to work. And I really want to be there for the story. I will say this though. In regards to AEW handling their women's division, I am all for being hired to help them out with their women's division. I do not know if there's any truth to the one-time Cody Rhodes explaining that there is a collaborative team for the women's division. I don't know how true that is. And if it is a collaborative team, that's doing a disservice to your women who work hard, who want to be on the same show, who want to show everyone in the world what stories they can tell, rather than just having match after match after match after match. Regardless of that, I'm here, I'm Marie Shadows, you're listening to the Square Circle Podcast. It is super easy to get in contact with me, all Elite Wrestling and Tony Khan, if you want to listen to my idea of how to improve the women's division. There's a lot of fans on Twitter that will be angry for no reason. We'll have no solution, or not even a start to a solution, And would want the wrong things for the women's division. And when I say wrong things, I mean like hiring more women wrestlers that will push back the ones that they already have. Cut eight-man tags because eight-man tags are not necessary. The reason why eight-man tags happen is not because of a story. It's because they didn't plan the card right to make sure that these teams can battle one on one with each other to lead up to all out this is why AEW had a struggle and AEW had to think fast on their feet and have these eight man tag matches to progress story quicker now i understand that there's not enough women wrestling on the card however wrestling does not get you over if you don't know how to tell a story in the rain. Every single woman that AEW has is green. We all know this. There are ways for you to improve as a professional wrestler. You can watch matches. You can study matches. You can get a study group going. So that way the women can dissect what's happening in the match and see what facial features are happening and why it's so important to tell a story in the match. Why, when you do a, a move, what does it really mean? Like you have to get down to the fundamentals. Sure. You could wrestle, you could put on a match or everything, but what am I really going to remember it from? For example, this is why I always praise the elite and hangman Adam page is because of the story that they tell gets me Interested. It gets me motivated to want to know the next step, to want to see the next BTE episode. These women don't put in the time and effort to show me a personality. The only people on the AEW roster for the women that have a personality is Britt Baker, Big Swall, and Reba. Nyla has... A personality that's so completely wild and unorthodox that I'm like, I like it. But what has Nyla and Vicky done ever since announcing that Vicky was going to be her manager? Why hasn't Nyla been mowing down everybody and getting in Britt's face and to be like, Sheila, you're unfit to be champion. I lost because I was unfocused. You know, stuff like that. And then there's the women who wrestle on Dark, and there's nothing really there for me to attach myself to. Be like, I want to see more, except for Penelope. Penelope has the full package. I just want to see her bloom a little bit more. Aberdon needs a equal entity to compete with her. Her fighting regular, ordinary women. She needs another entity to be on her level so that way I can be attached to Abaddon like how everyone else is on Twitter. It just bothers my mind that there's so much talent. They just need direction. AEW needs direction and structure. And yes, I said it. As much as I love AEW, I want to see them succeed. They are the alternative. I totally believe that in my whole heart. I believe in AEW more than WWE. For those of you who don't know, I used to work for WWE, and there is a huge difference. So I'm here on the Square Circle Podcast using my platform to reach out to AEW if they ever listen to this, reach out to whoever can put me in the right direction because I want to work again in professional wrestling. I want to work again with a company that is growing and that will take their talent and everyone can go to the moon because the talent of the women's division is there. It's just a matter of being consistent and not always being the friend because we want them to be a lot more smoother, a lot more unafraid to hit each other and to really change up how they do those forearms. Cause those forearms, man, like can you guys stop going overhead with the forearms? Like, Do a regular forearm, like make it mean something. Be, you know what? Be a bitch when you throw your forearms. Do that. I'm just tired of seeing overhead forearms that look so bad and look so years ago that I'm just like, could you please make it believable? Please. I know you guys don't want to hurt each other. I know your boobs are right there, you know, but just make it believable. Stop with the overhead forearms and just hit her. That's what the men do. The, the men are just straight out, just hitting each other with straight, stiff forearms. And women are doing the dainty over the head forearms. And it's like, this is why wrestling Twitter gets on you. And then you want to call people haters. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. Just make it believable. That's all. And I don't know if I buried and praised this whole division while I'm ranting. This is me just being real. This is me letting my passions shine through because I really do want to help. I miss working in a wrestling company. And after getting my foot into the door with WWE, even if it wasn't what I wanted, I just knew that the culture and the atmosphere at WWE was not for me. The culture and the atmosphere for AEW is for me. I may be a little bit on the tougher side. It's only because I want to see everyone succeed. And that's why I live to do this. This is why I love to do this. Because I get to talk nonstop about my passion, which is professional wrestling, and to help motivate other people to start their own stuff and help motivate people to get out there and do what they want to do and follow their dream. I've been following my dream ever since WWE let me go. And I've been told by friends that they're jealous of me because of it because I'm still able to be in this industry that I love, even if I'm not 100% recognized by everybody. But I am here and you're listening to me and you're learning from me because that's what I like to do. I like to teach people about professional wrestling and why it still matters and why it's not shit and why certain stories happen the way that they do and what could we gain from it, you know? I've always been a firm believer that professional wrestling does make you realize how to interpret the world around you and how to defend for yourself. You know, I'm not out there putting rock bottoms on people when they disagree with me, or I'm not out there doing the Stone Cold Stunner on people when they disagree with me, but I do know how to talk thanks to professional wrestling, and I do know how to handle my bullies thanks to professional wrestling. I'm not going to randomly go up to somebody and punch them in the face, but it's the idea behind these wrestlers take real life experiences, turn them into stories. And we're all there sitting at the edge of our seat because we identify with these stories one way or another. There's many people out there who's been bullied. I've been bullied before, and in turn in professional wrestling, they always have a bully-like storyline. So you identify with that, and they teach you how to overcome your bullies. This is why professional wrestling is so important in everyday life. While some people are like, oh, well, wrestling is not real. Wrestling is, is fake. Dear person, we know that professional wrestling is not real. We know that professional wrestling is fake. Let me correct you. Professional wrestling is an art form. Professional wrestling is everything and professional wrestling is stage for everyone that says professional wrestling is fake. You could always step into a ring and try it out. I've already done that. This is why I'm not a wrestler, but I still like talking about the product. And also we don't go to your house or go into a movie theater and yell out, Hey, you know, this movie is fake, right? So As much as we try to respect your fandom, respect our fandom as well. That's all I'm saying. Just respect each other's fandom. And that's everything I have to say about the women's division. Our next match is Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy in a Mimosa Mayhem match. Why is this a thing? Jericho versus Orange Cassidy is so dragging. I understand what Jericho is doing. I understand what Orange Cassidy... Is doing. However, I'm tired of having these two go back and forth in a feud. This is where I would ask the question do we really need this? After this match, I really hope that they focus on the women, to have more women's matches, and to have more story incorporated with the women. However, I do have to talk about this match. As for my prediction, I need Orange Cassidy to go over in this match against Chris Jericho. And we all know that. Chris Jericho is going to get thrown into the huge mixture of Mimosa. We all know Chris Jericho is going to be thrown into this Mimosa mixture because Chris Jericho likes to put over the young guys and he sees a lot of potential in Orange Cassidy and he's a huge entertainer. So he's going to be thrown into the Mimosa mixture. Orange Cassidy is going to get the win. Hopefully we move on from this so that way we can focus on other priorities because I totally feel that Chris Jericho and the inner circle are losing momentum and because they're losing momentum, they're becoming stale and they're not the biggest threat on AEW anymore. So hopefully after all out, uh, something new can happen with inner circle. The last thing I want to talk about is the casino battle Royale match. This match is definitely going to be the opener on the card. This is going to have 21 AEW wrestlers and they're all fighting for a chance for a future AEW World Heavyweight Championship match. They have not named all the competitors yet, so I do not have a prediction on who will win this. I don't know who needs to win the Casino Battle Royale, but I will tell you that it will be a really great opener, really fast paced. It's going to be a lot of chaotic actions and all of that. Hey, listen! Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this special edition podcast episode of the Square Circle Podcast. Remember that this is completely free via Patreon. It will be uploaded to anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast and YouTube. All links will be provided in the appropriate platform. And if you highly enjoy this freebie, remember that this is September. September is that time of year where you sub to your favorite content creator, Support me via Patreon where you'll get my wrestling knowledge and AEW reviews weekly and my murder mystery wrestling novel called Rookie every month for a low price of $5 monthly. For a longer explanation, stay tuned for a full video explaining Patreon, my podcast, my novel, and cooking. For now, leave me a message via Twitter at Marie underscore Shadows to talk about this episode. And podcasters, I haven't forgot about you guys. I'm available for guest appearances. Slide into my DM so we can talk more. Lovely talking AEW all out with everyone. I'll see you in the next episode.